Our precious Father, we want to thank you for, again, another opportunity we have to study your word. We trust it into your hand that you can teach us by your spirit. Cause your word to penetrate every hearer. Give us understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we are still on this uh, the things that are freely given to us in our study about salvation. Because we say salvation is a package of, of blessings that God gave us in Christ Jesus. This should be part five. I think it should be part five or part four. My sister called from London and said, brother, this is part. The last one was part three. I said, I'm not sure whether this is four or five. So this should be four or five now. So we take a text uh, from Psalm 103, from verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, David talking about our salvation that he had a revelation about in verse 2. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities. And so one of the things we are going to study today is one of the implications of forgiving our iniquities. Who healed all thy diseases? We are still going to talk about this, not today. Who redeemed thy life from destructions? We'll talk about this, not today. Who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? So today we're looking at one of the blessings we received from the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of uh, righteousness, the gift of righteousness, being accepted freely by God, or commonly called the gift of righteousness by God. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness in the eyes of God is being in right relationship with God, a person who is in right standing with God. You know, if you're working in a company, they say, are you in right standing with the company? You know? Uh, so, a person who is in right standing with God, you can say a, a person who is accepted by God, acceptable to God, a person who is justified by God, is not guilty before God, a person approved of God. Anybody approved of God, that God justifies, God accepts, is righteous before God. Righteousness means being accepted by God, being acceptable by God. So the Bible teaches that there are two ways a man can become righteous before God. The first one is he achieves a sinless life. Please listen to me. It's not that I'm, I'm better. You know, I'm improving. No. He achieves on his own a sinless life without fault on his own by his effort, by his power. He lives a life that has no sin in it. Again, it's not, uh, I'm improving, I'm better. No, no, no. Listen, God, God does not behold iniquity, whether it's small or big. And the scripture says in James 2.10, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one is also as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. You see, you, so the person can't stand before God justified. He's guilty. He's guilty. So, guilty. so it's not going to be accepted by God. So it demands that you do not break any single law. 
Again, let me read it, James 2.10. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. 11. For the same God who said, you must not commit adultery, also said, you must not murder. So if you murder someone, but do not commit adultery, you have, st you have still broken the law. The one law you break, you have broken the law. You don't have to break all of them. So if you want to live by self-righteousness, you have to obey all the laws. All of them. It's called self-righteousness. And Moses defined it this way. In Romans 10, 5, for Moses writes that the way, that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all, not some, all of its commandments. For a person who falls in one has fallen in all. So it's not a question of, you know, I'm improving, I'm better. And then you go before God and say, God, look at me. No, no, no. One, you're done. You're guilty. And if you are guilty before God, you are not justified. You are not accepted. You are not approved. And this word of uh, self-righteousness does not need faith because it's what you want to do. It's not, you, God is not involved. You want to really show God, you know, I can keep the laws. So God's, God is watching you. So it doesn't, there's no faith in God here because God is not part of it. It's called self-achieved righteousness. Obey the laws, and you start doing that. Do them. That's what the law says. All who does that will not live by. So you just go out and start doing that. So you don't, there's no faith in God because God is not involved. In Galatians chapter 3, 12, but the law does not rest on faith. Does not require faith. Has nothing to do with faith. We begin to wonder why people go to church and they cling to the law. That has nothing to do with faith. That has nothing to do with faith. For it, for it it's, itself says, he who does them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them. It didn't say shall live by faith. It says shall live by the law. It didn't say shall live by faith. The New Testament says the just shall live by faith. The law says the man shall live by the law. So it has nothing to do with faith at all. But there is the major problem he has now in Hebrew 11 system. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. So how do you set out to please God? When you ignore God, neglect God, and say, I'm going to do this, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a reward of them who diligently seek him. John uh, 15, 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abided in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, but you are trying to do something apart from Christ. It's an impossible thing. So the laws of Moses could not tame our flesh. The flesh is too powerful for the laws to tame it, to be controlled by laws of Moses, or any other law for that matter. Romans 8.3, the law of Moses was unable to save us, unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Our nature is sinful. So giving it law is just 
starting it up, do what it does naturally, disobey the thing. So God did not, so God did what the law could not do. Our sinful nature, the law could not tame it. James 3:8. But the tongue can no man tame. Even the tongue, no man can tame it. But here you are trying to live by self-righteousness. You try to do that. How do you plan to tame your tongue or tame your flesh, tame your emotions? Actually, the law does the reverse. Too. It aggravates sin. It does aggravate sin. It's like taking banana to a monkey or taking a bone to a dog. What will a, a dog do when you take a bone to the dog? He will eat it because by nature it is bone. You take banana to a banana to a monkey, he thinks he's watching it, he will eat it. Because by nature he eats banana. You take the law to your flesh. What will he do? He will disobey it. Because by nature he's sinful. So if you want to start your, your if you want to start up monkey, you bring banana, he will jump at it. You want to start your flesh, you bring the law, it will jump immediately and disobey it. Because by nature that's what it does. Romans 7, 5. When we were controlled by our old nature, that's when we are not born again, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. And the law aroused it. Now, it's like this. Sinful nature is there. But you haven't given any law, so what would the sinful nature do? It keeps quiet because there's no law to go and break because it's a lawless thing. It likes to break laws. But the moment you bring laws to it and tell it you should not do this, by nature what it does is break it. That's what the scripture is saying. It says when we were controlled by our, our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, for by nature we were sinful. And the law arouse those evil desires that produce the habit of sinful deeds resulting in death. First Corinthians 15, 56 says, for sin is the thing that results in death, and the law gives sin the power. Gives the sin the power. So therefore, the scripture concludes Romans, Romans 3, 20, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So when you bring the law, that sinful nature, and you start jumping to obey it, because it's like the law starts it up, because by nature, that's what it does. Let me tell you, show you something. You see, you don't need effort to, to drink water. You don't need effort to use your right hand if you're right-handed. You don't need effort to sit down. It's a natural thing. So the, law, the flesh doesn't need effort to commit sin. It's, it's his home address. It's native to it. That's what it does. It doesn't need effort to commit sin. Just like your spirit doesn't need effort to live righteous life. It doesn't need effort to live righteous life because by nature, that's what it is. So he says, again, let me read the Romans 3.20. For no one can ever be made right with God, cannot be counted righteous before God by doing what the law commands. But you know this is what a lot of Christians camp out because this is what is preached. It's what is preached. What else? It's 
a Christian should not do this, a Christian should not do that, a Christian should not do that. All these laws, the Bible says, don't count your righteous with all those laws, 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 and laws and more laws. The tragedy is that the body of Christ mostly is led by sense, not everybody, sense knowledge people. All they know is walk by sight. They don't understand anything about the spirit life or walking by faith. So they walk by sight. What else would they teach you except you to walk by sight? Hebrews 7, 19. For the law made nothing perfect. So all that thing we are giving people laws and laws. The Bible says it made nothing perfect. It doesn't make anything perfect. Romans 3, 9. Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others because the law was given to us? Are we better now than the Jew- Gentiles? He said, no, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. As the scripture says, no one is righteous. Not even one. Nobody. John 6, 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. All that self-righteousness accomplishes zero, absolutely zero. And so you see that this way of a man trying to be acceptable to God, which is popular, which is popular, very, very popular, even though it's dead end, it's popular because people don't know any better. So that's what people do. And they think God is impressed with that. When the scriptures say that you will never be accepted by God by that. But that's his popular. So that's what is mostly taught. That's what people do. But the scripture says he leaves a man on their curse. Galatians 3.10. Those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. That should, that should scare you away from it. You don't want to be under God's cause. But again, let me say, this one is popular. It's the popular domain. It's the main culture of the body of Christ. Because we don't understand Christianity. We don't understand the New Testament. And we don't even care to understand. It is something that we copy, 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 cut. You copy people's error and ignorance. And then you, you follow it. You follow it. And start arguing, eh? Are you saying we should do what we like? <laughs> Are we saying we should do? Nobody's preaching that if you understand what the scripture says. Isaiah called it filthy rag. In Isaiah 6 1, but we are all us. But we are all us an unclean thing. Remember, none is righteous, no, not one. And all our righteousness that we're trying to produce and show how good we are are as filthy rags. All of it. All of it. Filthy rag. Actually, somebody said that real translation of this is menstrual pad, which in the culture of um, Judaism is abomination in the temple. Now, self-righteousness is a praise and worship of man. 
Because you say, my arm has achieved this for me. And that's what God said, don't try. Say to Israel, when I bless you, don't rise up and say, see, my arm has done this for me. You know, you say, because there's the arm of man, there's the arm of God. Self-righteousness is what the arm of man does. So man thinks he's good enough now. The day he thinks he has behaved well, he goes to pray. The day he thinks he's sinned, he won't pray well. <laughs> he won't pray well, you know, he's uh, trying to pay penance, uh, confess his sins several times over. Then they say, no, no, you have to confess your sins before you pray. So he says, why? So God will accept you. Of course, you need to confess your sin. When you sin, you need to. But you do it when you sin. You don't have to wait until the time to pray. And there are a lot of things we do thinking, some people say, if you don't kneel down, God will answer your prayer. I don't know. I've not seen a scripture that says that. If anybody has seen, I want to see it. It's good to kneel down because we need, we need to honor God. It's important that we do that. But there's no scripture that says, except a man kneels down, God will answer his prayer. We put all manner of things coming from human mind, and they look so religious. And the Bible warned us not to do stuff like that. He said all that self-punishment is worthless in dealing with God. That's in your Bible. So, Luke chapter 16, verse 14, now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also had all these things, and they derided him, derided Jesus, 15, and he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before me. God has not justified you. You are justifying yourself before me. Say you are those who justify yourself before me. But God knows your heart. Because what you don't see, is a lot. All this self-righteousness, what you don't see in the heart is a lot. It says, God knows your heart. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Jesus was telling them that all this self-praise, self, you know, you, you judge yourself and say, I've, I've, I've done well, I've obeyed the world. He says it's worthless before God. All that self-praise, that what men esteem, is worthless before God. Because men don't have the ability to judge righteous judgment because you don't see the heart. 2 Corinthians 10, 18. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. Not you can't come up and say, and sometimes run say, but you know, in our know, attitude, we think, you know, I've obeyed, I've obeyed God. I didn't commit a lot. I didn't commit. I was talking to one brother about his wife. I said, Pastor, you know, I said that I don't commit adultery. I looked at him. I didn't know where to start. <laughs> Honestly, the thing threw me off. There's somebody who is, who is the, the wife is pining away. Don't even, he's not respecting the woman. Don't show the woman love. He don't care about the woman. And you see, this, this self-righteousness is destructive. In his eyes, he's self-righteous. He's good. So what else? So that's why Jesus said, Those are, you are the ones who like to justify yourself that you are good. He said, but anything that men praise is an abomination to God. Because only God can really praise and it becomes real. Paul said, well, he said, why should I bother about you people judging me? He said, wait until the Lord comes now. 
He's the one that knows everybody. He will, he will judge, he will tell us how it is. Human eyes doesn't see much. Because what is in the heart is more than what you see. And yet we bring these things before God. And Christians, majority of Christians live by self-righteousness. Majority. Because that's all that is taught. Because of ignorance. And Paul rejected it properly. When he discovered that it's a dead end, he rejected it properly. In Philippians 3 9. And he found, and, and, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Quit is of the law, but that quit is through faith in Christ. The righteousness quit is of God by faith. Paul said, I don't want all this self-achieved righteousness by the law. He said, concerning the law perfectly. Remember, he, he was a killer. Because when they were clean Stephen, he was the one that organized this, had their shit everywhere. How could God justify him and kill her? But in his mind, he was confirming the law perfect. He said, but I found a junk. Because he's standing there, he felt justified that this man should be killed. He thought he was working for God. Many things we do, and we think that God is impressed by that. So Paul said, now I want the righteousness that God gives. I don't want this righteousness, this self-achieved righteousness. He said, I used to think it's, it's important, but I found it's worthless. I don't want it. Because by that means, you will never be counted worthy before God. You will never be counted justified. The, the Bible says it's impossible. So that takes me to the second point. How do you become righteous before God? We say the first point is self-righteousness, which means you have to obey all the laws. It's not that I'm better. No, no. You have to obey everything. Because the book of James said, if you fail, if you fail in one, you fail in everything. And God is not taking 90%. Because if you have 1%, which is sin, you, you, you can't appear before him. He doesn't behold sin. We don't understand these things. We think, hey, after I'm, I'm, I'm managing, I'm okay now. You're not okay, nothing. So the second way of making a man accepted to God is God makes a man righteous. The first one is a man tries to make himself. The second one is now God makes him righteous. Now between what you do and what God does, which one is better? Romans 3, 19. Now we realize that everything the Lord says is addressed to those who are under its authority. This is for two reasons. So that every excuse will be silenced with no boasting of innocence and so that the entire world will be held accountable to God's standards. For by the merit of observing the law, no one has the status of being declared righteous before God. No one. You want to try? And try. For it is the law that fully exposes and unmasks the reality of sin. And the gospel announces and reveals God's righteousness. That's why it's part of your salvation package. The gospel teaches God's righteousness. In, in verse 21, the same place we were reading, Romans 3, verse 21. And now, 
independently of the law. This is not the one the law does. The righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light that's revealed through Jesus. The anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scripture prophesied will come. I came through Christ. Now, let, 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 let's pause there and read the, what the scripture said about it. That this righteousness is coming. Isaiah wrote about it, Isaiah 45 from 22. I'm reading TPT. He said, let all the world look to me for salvation. For I am God. There is no other. 2023. I have sworn. Listen to God. I have sworn by my own name. I have spoken the truth. And I will never go back on my word. Every knee will bend to me. And every tongue will confess allegiance to me. 24. The people will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. Cancel it. Let me see. Go and argue with God. I'm telling you, it's so, it's so unfortunate that the church has been led with, by sense knowledge people. They teach people and talk about Bible as if to say it's a book you can talk with. God says, I've sworn that everybody must declare that I'm the source of his righteousness and strength. Now, if you can't say I'm, the, I'm, my, I'm my strength, you can't also say you're you righteous. You have to say you're righteous because God made you righteous. He said every time will confess that I am the source of all my righteousness and strength. And we sing it, Jesus only is a message. And we sing all our righteousness he gives us. All, all our righteousness. I forgot it. But we sing all our righteousness he gives us. And after singing it, we're going to argue against it. A lot of things we sing, we don't believe, we don't understand, doesn't register in our heart. We just sing and enjoy the music. Verse 24. The people will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And all who were angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. Remember the scripture says, if you trust in Christ, you will not be ashamed. He's saying now that if you don't believe what the, the, Jesus is saying and witnessing and giving you, you'll be ashamed. 25. In the Lord, all the generations of Israel will be justified. To be righteous is to be justified without guilt, acceptable to God. All the generations of Israel, and we are the Israel of today, will be justified. And in him, they will boast, not in us. Romans 1, 16. It's the gospel. It says the, 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 the prophets witness to this. And the gospel is it's what the gospel is preaching to us. This new righteousness. Not the one of the law that used to come. It's because of time. You can go to so many places in Isaiah and the Testament. You will see this righteousness being prophesied. That's coming. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I say the reason is because their righteousness is from me. It's from me. 
Romans 1.16. I refuse to be ashamed of the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, they do first, then people everywhere. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. So if you don't preach the righteousness of God, you're not preaching the gospel. You're preaching something else. You're just preaching junk. A perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. Say the gospel is revealing it. Again, my question, between your self-righteousness and the one God is making you, giving you, which one is better? Which one will God accept? Is it your own or the one God is in? And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through the life-giving faith. The scripture said it, that we are made right with God through faith in Christ. Let's say continue. Let me continue to read that um, Romans 3 that I was reading. I've read verse 21. I think I'm going to 22 now. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him receive that gift. All who believe in him receive that gift. For there is really no difference between us. For we all, we all have sinned and in need of the glory of God, or falling short of the glory of God. Yet, through his powerful declaration of acquittal, <laughs> powerful declaration of acquittal, which means God declares you not guilty, justified, righteous, accepted, acquitted. God freely gives away his righteousness. He freely gives away his acceptance, his, his gift of love, and favor now cascades all over us. All because Jesus, all because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. And now, he is our mercy seat because of his death. No, oh, sorry. It's, um, uh, sorry, um, God giving destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. And now he's our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy. For God has made provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Because until now, he has been so patient. And I'm going to show you how, actually, truly, this is really a perfect example of God's justice on Christ. Perfect. We're going to find, talk about it much, much later. He said, now, we come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Bear that in mind. When we get there, I'll show you. Out of his tolerance for us, so he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' 
prior to Jesus' sacrifice, and when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true and both his justice and his mercy to offer up his son. There's only one way. God can accept us sinners and still be just and be true. Only one way. To offer up his son and judge him for our sin and forgive us. Because sin must be judged. That's why I say the, the justice of God was fulfilled in Christ. What justice? We committed sin needs to be judged. That's God's justice. But he, the Bible says it pleased him to smite him. He laid on him all iniquity and punishment. So the justice of God was fulfilled. Our sin has been judged on him. And now he says he counsels not guilty. Approved. Justified. When somebody justified, he says he's not guilty. It's either you're justified or you're guilty. Verse 26. And when the season of tolerance came to an, an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy to offer up his son. So now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. Praise the Lord. Man, I feel like dancing. <laughs> wow. This is God's way of making us righteous through Christ Jesus. Declares us righteous in his sight. Where then is there room for boasting? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Or is it the sacrifice of Jesus that brought acceptance? Is it our works? Or the blood of Jesus? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law that brought the acceptance, but our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. So our conclusion is this. God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our faith in Christ and not in keeping the law because it didn't come by keeping the law. It came by God putting the consequences of our sin on his son on our behalf so we can go free. And this is a gift. We do not work for it. Romans 5.17 again. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and lay through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because the one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous by obeying God and going to the cross. Let me read Romans 3, 28. I would suggest that you read the book of Romans, start from chapter 1 and read up to chapter 8. If you read it prayerfully, you would understand God's righteousness. 
Don't be like somebody who said to his pastor, he said, oh, I read the whole book of Romans. And the pastor said, wow, so what's God's righteousness? He said, where is it? He read the whole book of Romans. You know, that's how people read the Bible. Just to fulfill all righteousness. And they miss, they, listen to me, they miss the very important information that will save them from trouble. And troubles do come. That will save them. To be forewarned, to be forearmed, knowledge is power. That will keep, give them advanced information. So when the thing comes, they know on what to stand. But they think it's a joking thing. Yeah, they go to church, yeah, the Bible. I did quiet time. Quiet time. If you seek, you will find. If it's important to you, God will open your eyes and show you the hidden treasures of his kingdom. And when you have it, you are always a step ahead of the devil and sin and this world. And the wisdom you have prayed will always be higher than wisdom of this world. For whose benefit? For your own benefit. The Bible says that wisdom will put crown on your head and prolong your life. But because you read Bible quiet time, you don't get it. And you, you think you are free to interpret Bible by your own understanding and wisdom. The Bible says this book is of no private interpretation. You can't do that. So when Jesus came, the Bible, I mean Romans 3.28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Because it's not what he did, it's God making him righteous. Through Jesus Christ. The first one is what he did. And the Bible said that one is dead end. Now this is another way. God's way of making us righteous himself. Through Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus was declaring in Luke 4.19. He said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know in my local dialect. This Bible is translated properly. They say it's a. Which means the time of divine acceptance. That's the way they translated it in the Bible. And they got it right. Jesus said the acceptable year. When there's acceptance, God is giving righteousness because the gospel is declaring it. If you believe in him, you are accepted. God gives you his righteousness. Amplified says to proclaim the acceptable and acceptable Accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free and the free favors of God profusely abound. When salvation, when righteousness is being given, the righteousness of God. Romans 10 from verse 6 says, But we receive the faith righteousness that speaks an entirely different message. Don't be a moment, don't for a moment think. You will need to climb into the heavens to find the Messiah and bring him down or to descend into the underworld to bring him up for the, from the dead. But the faith righteousness we receive speaks to us in these words of Moses. He's saying, don't think that this, this righteousness we're talking about is something you work for. You don't have to go up to God and bring God down, go down and bring. You don't have to do all of that. It's a gift. It's free. God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart, beating in your chest, and as near as the tongue in your mouth. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation 
which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God. So you don't say, let me work hard for it. Let me go, uh, let me do ordinances or do all this. To go bring God, this is town, bring him from the dead. You don't need to do all of that. It's a gift that you receive. The heart, the heart, the heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God. And then the mad confesses resulting in salvation. For the scripture encourages us with these words, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. He will receive that gift. Remember, Isaiah said, those who will not will be ashamed. That's why he said, those who want to be justified by the labor, by the law, what they do, they're under God's cause. I don't want to be there. So we say that God judged our sin on Christ. That makes us justified with no guilt sentence. You see, God has a sense of justice. God, has, God is just and righteous. And he has to be just. He has to be righteous. That's what I was saying. How will God be just and righteous? How can God leave people who commit sin without judging them, without dealing with them? Then he will not be just. So he had to deal with it. He had to do with it. Look at Psalm 33 from verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. Both of them. We preach the grace of God, but we forget divine justice is true. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Sure, but he's also a God of justice. In Psalm 33 verse 4. He said, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Is that, yeah, I think I repeated this Psalm 33. That's good. In Genesis 4, 3 to 11, we see that even we human beings demand justice. You know, if you, see, if you see somebody came and then, you know, uh, stole your car or something, you want justice, man. You call the cops and grab him. You don't walk around. You know, you want justice. We naturally want justice. We're not, it's a natural thing that all of us human beings want justice. If somebody comes and kills somebody, people want justice. People want police to grab him, take him to jail. It's, it's, it's what we do naturally. And God said, the Bible says God is a God of justice. So in Genesis 3, 4, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, you will see a demand for justice. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother, Abel? He said, I don't know. He replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out for me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. 
you will be rest, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So God judged it, judged him. He said, Your brother's blood is demanding justice. And God judged him. But you see, God is also merciful. If you read continuously, you find that later on, God put a mark on him. He had judged him, so judgment is gone. God came and helped him and put a mark on him. He said, whoever killed you, he taught something just to help him. He didn't deserve that. So God judged him, judged that sin on him. Because he said, the, the blood of your brother is demanding justice. Listen, there are mysteries in this world. Mysteries. That's why it's, it's not good to be doing anything you like. It can bring trouble on your head without knowing. There are mysteries. You know the brother died, but God says, I still hear that blood talk. He's demanding justice. And after telling him that the blood is talking, God, God pronounced that in us. Proverbs eleven twenty one. Though hand join hand in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. God says, Wickedness will not go unpunished. So here we are, sinners now. So is God going to judge us like Abel? So that his justice, the just demand of God is fulfilled. How is he going to handle our sin and still be just and fair and righteous? Isaiah 53, 10. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. It was God's plan. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is, that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience of anguish and bearing our sins, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. So God's justice was fulfilled in Christ. It's not that sin was not judged, it was judged in him. And it was God's plan to judge it on his son instead of us. And the Bible says because of that, it has made it now possible for God to declare a sinner who came to Christ and put his faith in Christ righteous. He said he justifies the ungodly. Why? Their sin has been judged. God's plan was to judge it on Christ, to put the penalty of that sin on him. So the justice of God is fully satisfied. It is not a misnomer that God counts you righteous. It's because the judgment of your sin has been put on Christ. Second Corinthians 5.19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 20. Now, when we were ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Why? For he had made him to be seen. He made him seen and judged it on him. For us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him so that God can count us righteous. God has judged him as the person 
who is the seed. And so the blood of Jesus is now speaking also. The blood is speaking on my behalf and on your behalf. It's important to know the grounds of this. So, so you now, you accept it. Because when you accept it, you walk in faith. And through faith, you overcome sin, you overcome the devil. Your prayer will work. If you don't have boldness, you, you have, if you have guilt conscience, your prayer won't work. And you need these things to, to be strong and firm and have that boldness before God. And, and come before him boldly. If you don't know these things and grounded, the devil will contest it in your life and make you guilty. You may not tell people, but you know you, you are not bold. And if you are not bold, you can't exercise faith. And if you can't exercise faith, how do you have victory? Is it not faith that's your victory? You'll be doing secret things and doing things nobody knows. Hebrews 12, verse 23. I think it's 23b. I think so. I don't read the NIV. Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Is it verse 23 or, 20, or verse 3? You've come, maybe I gave you the long, wrong scripture again. Eh? What's that? Is the right one? Hebrew 12, 23. You have come to God, the judge, the judge, I don't read NIV. Did I? I didn't give you NIV. Hebrew 12, verse 23. Is that 23? Or did I give you the wrong one? Because sometimes, <laughs> so nobody here knows whether it's, definitely you check your Bible. Am I the Bible? Why are you looking at me? What's that? Hebrew 12 what? 18. It's 23, right? Huh? I'm, let me read it. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling, sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Hebrew 12, right? 23. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, to Jesus, the mediator of, I don't read NIV. I don't want to read NIV. Okay, let me read my own because I, you give me, I didn't give you any. I've never given anybody NIV. Okay, so let me read. I think it's New King James verses. Yes. It says Hebrew 12, 23. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the spring cold blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What did the blood say? What did the blood of Abel ask for? Justice. What is the blood of Jesus saying? I have done, I've justified, I've fulfilled the law. I've fulfilled the justice, I've fulfilled the demand of the law for justice. I have fulfilled it. The demand of the law for justice, I've fulfilled it for them. This blood was shed. It's the blood of a sinless son of God. I fulfill the demand of justice for them. Look at Romans 8 from 3. 
the Lord of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the Lord could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Listen to verse 4. He did this so that the just, the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature. They said follow the spirit. What is the just requirement of the law? Justice. The just requirement. What does the law demand? The soul that sinner shall die. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That's the just requirement of the law. The justice of God. So his son bought it, paid it, paid it all. The justice was fulfilled on him. So his blood is saying, this justice has been fulfilled on me for them. And that gives them access to the mercy of God, the righteousness of God, all the blessings of God. The blood speaks better things. The other blood was saying justice. God says, sure. And pronounce justice on this one. This is what you are going to see. This one says, I have fulfilled the just requirements of the law. The justice of God on their sins have been fulfilled in me for them. So what happens to us? Not guilty, justified. Not guilty, justified. Who, who gave it to us? God. Why did he give us for God so loved the world? He said, I don't understand. Yeah, the love of God is beyond human understanding. But he gave it to us. It's why people struggle. Can you get righteous any other way? Do you, do you know a better way? Is this the one you produce or the one God gives, gives you that the prophets say will come? And we were also created righteous. You can't run away from this thing. The old unrighteous nature was taken away and we were created new righteous. We were created righteous. Ephesians 4.24, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Why should you tell me I'm not righteous? When God said, you are, I have given you the gift of righteousness because of Jesus paid for the justice of your sin, you've been fully paid, and I created you righteous. And it is this new creation that makes it possible for you to bear good fruit, nothing else. If you didn't have this new righteous nature, you can't produce it. Now. The, Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. If you, he said if a tree is bad, it will produce bad fruit. If a tree is good, it produces good fruit. He said, you want to make a tree good? He said, you, you make a tree good and the fruits will be good. So God came and took a bad tree and, and this circumcision turned us and created a new one with new life that's righteous and holy so that it will produce good fruit. If you don't know these things, you produce nothing because they all work by faith. You resort to righteousness of the law by self-effort. Because that's where majority of people are. 
But the means of producing good fruits and living a righteous life is not through that. It's by faith. It's by believing. When you believe and say so, you see it in reality. All the things that used to drag you and cause you trouble, they die. The Bible says that by the power of the Spirit we put to death all these things. How does the power of the Spirit work? Christ in me, the hope of glory. The new nature, the new man, born again for good works. If we are not born again, no good works. Look at this here, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Righteous, holy, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If he didn't create us, we can't do that. We resort again to righteousness of the law, trying to be good. And we neglect and ignore the message of salvation. Which the book of Hebrews warned us. He said, if you ignore this message of salvation, how do you plan to escape? You can't escape. Sin will take over your life. The world will control you. You'll be half Christian, half the world. We do all those kind of things. You say, how do you want to escape if you ignore this message of salvation that is brought to you? The truth that sets you free. If you ignore it, and many people do ignore it. Paul said, I can't set aside the grace of God. Because that grace made me what I am. That's what we're teaching now. Look at Romans 4, 7. I mean 7, 4. Romans 7, 4. So my dear brothers, and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law. You're no more died. doesn't have power over you anymore. When you died with Christ, you died, the old man was gone. Now, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. You are united with Christ as one spirit. You are a new creature. You're a new creature. For a husband and wife to produce fruit, there is intimacy. For you to produce fruit, there's intimacy with Christ. God used the family to teach us the, the things we, we don't see in our relationship with him. And your spirit is joined to Christ. That, that's a real intimacy. You become one spirit. The Bible says because of the joining, that's why good fruit come out of you. Because the vine is supplying f- f- life to you, and life is showing forth outside if you believe it. If you don't believe it, you block it. You're going to be running around trying to be a good person. Come on, please, God. I've done two nine videos. They are wonderful. If the purpose is not to go and take the place of Jesus. So let's read it. Romans 4, 7, 4. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead as a result I can't preach this enough. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. That's how it comes. It doesn't come from self-righteousness. It's righteousness that God gives you. That gives you, if God doesn't accept you, you can't be united with Son. It's because you, are, you forgave your sin, Christ paid for it, that it accepts, accepts you, and then you are united. You, his Son can't be united with the old sinful nature. It's not possible. Righteousness and light don't work together. The Bible says what, what, what communion has light and righteousness? It won't work. Because now God has made you righteous, you cannot be united with the Son. The Bible says because of this, 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 
Not because of your efforts, not because you want to do this, want to, don't want to do that. It's because, because without him, him, without Christ, this can do nothing. So he joined to you and now gives you strength you didn't have, wisdom you didn't have, revelation you didn't have, and guides you and produces good fruit. His life is what you are seeing, not your life. It's his life in you, shining up. No effort, nothing. You just believe, you see it. Only believe, you see it. Only believe, you see it. Only believe, you see it. Say, my yoke is not heavy. It's light. So the gift of righteousness produces boldness, good works, and through faith and victory. Is it not Jesus that leads us in victory? Do you, do you have victory without him? Where does it come from? It's because of the greater one in you <laughs> that you have already overcome the world. If it's not in you, you don't have overcome nothing. You're not even a match for Satan without Jesus. Romans 5.17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. You see, for all who receive it, we live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. All who receive this gift of righteousness, who believe I'm righteous, he made me righteous. They are bold. They live in power. They live with all the benefits that that righteousness opens to them. Ability to do beyond their natural ability. Wisdom beyond their natural wisdom. Their activities of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in them. The wisdom. They see the world differently. They see things differently. They, they see, this, this, is, this is the devil. This is not God. The Bible says the righteous is a bold as a liar. That's what it does. We need to be bold. We need to be strong. Now, people who don't receive it are walking by sight and they don't know it. You know why they don't receive? They are looking at the outer, outside, looking at what they see about them. They have forgotten that the scripture is referring to the spirit man. When you say you are born again, not talking about the physical. It's referring, actually, it's the new man that's called the son of God. Not the flesh. The flesh is a house. The Bible says this, 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 this house will go. Will go. There's a, there's a spirit in you. Is it not, Robbie, that told, read that scripture, there's a spirit in a man that makes him, makes him wiser than he should have been? I think he read that scripture to us one time. It is the new man he's talking about. You should live by that spirit. You should know you are a spirit being living in, living in this flesh. You cannot identify yourself with the outside. If you keep identifying with the outside, that's how your life will be. For as a man thinking, so it will be. But you believe you are righteous because your spirit is created righteous. God has counted you righteous. The blood has paid for your sins. You declare you're righteous. Look at you from inside. See the person you are. The person that God created is alive and well. When this body dies, it lives and goes to heaven. It's a, it's a living being. People who walk by sight reject righteousness because they are considering what they see. 
that's not walking by faith. Already, when you walk by sight, how do you walk by faith? And how do you overcome sin? How do you, I want to know. It says you package yourself now and deceive people you can't deceive. With your heart. Yeah. And your mouth. If I say the tongue, no man can tell me to. Second Corinthians 10, 7. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? That's what the question is asking. Are you looking at yourself? That's why people don't accept the use of righteousness. Because they say it will make people commission. They are looking at outside appearance. Already, they are not in faith. And without faith, you can't please God. So they are already not pleasing God. Because they are calling God a liar. Because God said, I made you righteous. They say, no. God, you want to make us commit sin? That's abomination. Second Corinthians 5.16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. See, walking by side, considering things after the outward appearance, not after the inward appearance. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. A new person is inside of you. That's the real you. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And let me say it again. To the natural life, it's, it's, I don't need effort to move my hand. It's natural. I don't need effort to drink water. It's natural. If I can carry water and put it I don't need effort. To the spirit man, he doesn't need effort to live the spirit life. He doesn't need effort to live the life of Christ. Because that's his nature too. He doesn't need effort. He doesn't need effort to forgive. He doesn't need effort. No, he doesn't need effort. Because as your natural man is, as this thing is native to your natural man, so the righteous life is native to your spiritual man. But the difference now is, do you Watch and look at your outer man, or do you look at your spirit? Because the, as far as your eye can see, is what you will possess. That's what God told, told Abraham. Look and see. What are you looking at? If you are looking at the outer man, that's what you possess. But if you look at your spirit man, your spirit man is activated by faith. You find that there's no struggle. Do you? I don't have struggle to, to use my hand. Do, it's no struggle. It's to drink water is no struggle. It's natural. The same thing. The spirit man, there's no struggle for it to live a life of its nature. It's its nature. It's native to it. That's the way it is. It's the way God created it to do good works. Christ, it has the life of Christ. So he behaves like Jesus naturally, talks like Jesus naturally. The time we have problem is when we look at the outside and start acting by the flesh. We deviate and then we hinder him. But we can keep looking at him and train yourself to grow spiritually, to be more conscious of the spirit man than the natural man. You will see this, that this gift of righteousness are truly, truly, truly. It helps you to elevate your faith. And boldness will be there, not based on your goodness. Boldness will be there based on Christ, the solid rock, on whom you put your faith. And the Bible says those who trust in him will never be put to shame. But those who don't are going to be ashamed. And then look at one more scripture I want to show us. Acts 
14, 14. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish law have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Don't call something unrighteous if God said I made it righteous. You don't have the luxury of doing that. The, the same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Don't call yourself unrighteous. If the holy word of God says I made you righteous, I gave you righteousness. Do not call yourself unrighteous. Don't call what God has cleaned unclean. You are calling God a liar. You are looking God in the face and say, you lied to me. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for this privilege to study this awesome gift of righteousness which you gave us so that we don't fall into the trap of resorting to human self-achieved righteousness, which is the way of the cost. But we walk in the way of the blessing, the way of faith. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.